All roads lead to Buffalo. The Jets look to stop the bleeding against the Bills. They'll have some schematic changes. Michael Carter is gone. Izzy Abanaconda is here. Maybe there's some more Jeremy Rucker. But in the end, Zach Wilson in this offense is going to have to find a way to score touchdowns. Will the Jets beat the Bills? We'll preview the game and make our picks. And we'll break the game down in the state of the Jets with a guy who is a terrific Emmy Award-winning analyst, CBS Sports HQ, ESPN College Football, Series XM, former Jets defensive end, Leger Doosable, friend of the program, will join us. It's all coming up next on Gangs All Here from the New York Post. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. What a bum. Look at the freaking scoreboard. You are not close. You play to win the game. Why can't the New York Jets ever have nice things? You're a Jets fan. You guys have to earn this stuff. You're going to have to suffer through another few years. I don't mean to sound like the get off my lawn guy, but get off my freaking lawn with that. I forgot what it's like to win football games. I mean, you can't make it up with this team. Happy Victory Monday, Jake. Only for you guys would I do this. Only on Gangs All Here. We love it. Welcome back to Gangs All Here, our New York Jets podcast from the New York Post. I'm Jake Brown, alongside, back in the saddle, Brian Costello, Jets beat writer for the New York Post. You can follow us on Twitter at Brian Cos and at Jake Brown Radio. And joining us in just a little bit, will be a friend of the program, former Jets defensive end, and a great analyst killing it at CBS and ESPN. That's Leger Doosable. He'll join us in just a bit. Cos, uh, some schematic changes, not here on the Gangs All Here podcast, but maybe for the Jets, it's Bills week and Michael Carter won't be a part of it. Is he a Bonaconda? Might Jeremy Ruckert? Might we might see some changes there. But what's your initial thoughts here on Michael Carter? I know there was a thing out there that someone shouted Mike Carter when they were talking to Izzy in his opening uh, remarks on Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever it was. But I know the the morale, I guess, is down in the locker room without Michael Carter. They loved him. But what do you think of that whole move? I know you were a little bit surprised that they cut him instead of just making him inactive. Yeah, I thought they would just make him inactive. I, I knew after Sunday that he was probably going to be uh, inactive and they were going to bring Izzy up, but cut surprised me. I, I, I don't, I, you know, he's a very popular guy, Jake, but I don't think it's going to really have any effect on the locker room in terms of long-term. I'm sure they were upset the last few days, but they all know it's a business. If this happens, move on. I think they're all smart guys and they saw he hasn't really been producing. He played nine snaps on Sunday against the Raiders. So I don't think anyone can be like, you know, protesting this move very much. They're, they know what's going on in the locker room. So it's going to be a little bit of a youth movement, 
Jake, uh, you know, the, the rookie Izzy is going to be in there. I, like you said, Rucker, I think we're going to see Jason Brownlee probably uh, get, get some run too. another rookie. It'll add some speed and, and athleticism, but rookies also make mistakes and second year players make mistakes. So they're like, if you're looking for the penalties to go down, this probably isn't the way to go because it's just, you know, naturally when you're a younger player, you make more mistakes, even though they've had some from older players lately. Uh, I just think it increases the chances of mistakes on the field when you get younger. Well, they're trying to clean up those mistakes. And for that, they did a players only meeting. Do you think there's anything to that? Does that ever do anything? Um, I guess it's good that they did it, but does it do anything? I used to joke that's more popular in baseball uh, than football, really. Uh, You know, baseball is a long season. And when I was around the Yankees, they would do it like before they played the Royals, when the Royals were terrible. And then they'd win the game 8-1 over the Royals. They'd be like, oh, my God, the team meeting was like, you know, they've turned the season around. They never did the team meeting when they were against the Red Sox. (laughs) So... I don't think much of team meetings, Jake. I, I think I think it's fine. You know, I don't think it really makes much of a difference. So, well, there's got, there's a lot of accountability issues with the team, and I think Robert Sala is really on the hot seat if they collapse again for back to back years. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers, you know, clamoring for him could save him, guys, because the these mistakes. I'm sorry, and I know everyone's going to say Zach Wilson was better. He was better, but he still threw a pick in a big spot. Part of that blame goes on Alan Lazar not going after the ball, but he's got Brees Hall open. He's got he's got guys open. He wasn't incredible. He was fine. And I think 11 quarters without a touchdown is unacceptable. And I know they have injuries, and I know the penalties, and I know uh, Nathaniel Hack has been terrible, but I really f- still think that this would have been another week to make a change. I know it wasn't going to happen. But at some point, you got to think about it before Rodgers. Because Rodgers, the earliest he's coming back is probably December 10th if he does against the Texans. I would be shocked. If it's before that. So they got to find a way these next three weeks, cause to what? At least win one game. They got to be five and seven going into that Texans game with the hope that he comes back and rattles off five in a row. Cause nine and eight is not getting you the playoffs. I don't think they're going to beat any tiebreaker. And I don't think any nine wins gets you in. I think you're going to have to get to 10. And I shouldn't even utter Jets and playoffs because the way this team is playing, they're not a playoff team. But I think you got to win one of these next three until Rodgers. And I don't know. I Hopefully these schematic changes do it. Like I'm enough of just like, oh, we got to be better. We got to be better. Someone's got to be held accountable. And I don't think the coach holds anyone accountable. They just cut Michael Carter. He was held accountable, right? They, you just a, talked about benching CJ Uzama, right? He's been held accountable. That's a start. It's a start. I mean, I, I just think Jake, they, like this was not on Zach on Sunday in Vegas. Yes, he threw an interception. If you watch that play closely, other things happened on that play where the ball was supposed to go somewhere else. And the person didn't run a good route and he kind of got screwed up there. And like you said, I also think the linebacker made a tremendous play on that play. It was a great play back guy. So, you know, I banged around Zach last week. I, I was with you last week. Like if yeah, I said, if he struggled in the first half, make a change. Um, I think Zach is play, has played better on Sunday. I don't think he's the main issue right now. I just let him sling it then. They don't let him sling it. Like I mean, I'm seeing throw what does that what, what does that mean? What does that mean of sling it? Like he they Take tried. It. He got sacked on the one day. We tried to go downfield on that one. He got sacked. I don't think the plan was bad Sunday. Watching it, I thought they. I mean they they should have scored touchdowns and they kept committing penalties and. You know, and if Garrett throws that trick play was a good play. If Garrett can throw, get any air on the ball to to Lazar, that's a touchdown. Like, there well, was, they have someone else throwing it? The guy's got a hurt elbow. Why? Why was he the one? That throwing? wasn't the reason. I mean, he didn't set his feet. I think Garrett was in the game. He was fine. He he was he was okay. Like, I think if Garrett sets his feet, 
and throws that ball the way he can, it's a touchdown. Garrett threw it like crazy. You know, he didn't stop running. So I saw what I saw Sunday, Jake, was a team, was an offense that's close. They kept saying it's close. I think they're close. I think, I think if they don't commit these killer penalties, they score some touchdowns. Now, I'm not saying they're the they're going to score 42 points or anything on Sunday. Don't get me wrong, but I think they I think they can be a competitive offense if they just can cut out the penalties. You know, which might be easier said than done. But to me, they don't have the answer on the roster at quarterback behind him, and you can you can nail them for that and say they should have had a better backup plan. But Boyle and Simeon are not the answer to this problem. I almost feel bad for Boyle and Simeon at this point that they're not in and and just the coach basically calling them bums by like saying Zach's our best guy. I mean, you almost feel bad, but I mean that's the roster they put together. They're making a lot of they're making a lot of money, Jake, to go practice football yeah. a few times a week and not go play on Sundays. It's like I've always thought, you know, being around the locker room a long time, I always thought the best job on the Jets was being the Brickashaw's backup. Right. You paid pretty pretty hefty salary. You just you go out, you gotta practice a few couple times a week. You know you're not playing on Sunday. You're you're not getting hurt. You're you're you know you're gonna be able to play with your kids. You're not gonna have you need hip surgery when you're 55 years old. Yeah, I think it's a pretty good life when you're a backup in the NFL. I don't. Yeah, I don't when, you're, when you're Zach Wilson's backup, it's a great life because they will get defended till till the death of us all. But yeah, I, I agree. I would say backup quarterbacks like the best job in sports because they get paid really handsomely. Like look at the career Josh McCown had, and saying look at Flynn. I mean Flynn got like a 45 million dollar deal off of. Week a week seventeen game where he played well where the game didn't matter, so uh, it's a hell of a life and I don't know I I just wish the coach would stop babying these guys it still doesn't change I like to see I love to see the change I mean you're going off press conferences right I mean he's not like that behind the scenes he's he's just not a guy who's going to publicly criticize players and who does like what coach does at this point they Wake really- Martindale. <laughs> They really that like that's not something that happens that much. You yeah. know, I know everyone wants to harken back to Bill Parcells, but that's twenty five years ago at this point. Like it's it's a different world now in terms of player management. He's just not going to criticize players publicly. Yeah. Well, listen, they're making changes. I'm glad we'll see Rucker. I, as much as I liked CJ Ozama the signing, and he's a good person. The penalties, you're not going to cut him because he's just different. The contract situation is different than third string Michael Carter. But C.J. Osama should either be third on the depth chart or be inactive on uh, Sunday. I mean, it's one of those two options, a healthy scratch or make him third. Let's see all record. And, you know, Conklin has played well. And listen, Conklin has become at least a garbage time receiver. He's getting 65 yards plus every week the last three weeks. So he's been a big part of the offense. And get Izzy involved. Listen, what what have you seen from Izzy? You saw him, you know, in training camp. He he's got a lot of speed. What what did you see from him? And what do you think his role might be on Sunday? I think he's you know he's fast. I haven't like I haven't seen anything since training camp. Right, we don't get to watch practice during the season, so I haven't seen him do anything since training camp. But obviously, he brings a speed element that to the offense, and he's another guy with Garrett and Brees who, when he gets his hands on the ball, he could take it to the end zone every single time. Which the Jets need as many of those guys on the field as they can because they've shown. They're not a team that's going to get 14 play drives for touchdowns. So he's explosive. Uh, to me, I think what they'll do is I think Dalvin will slide into the Michael Carter role and be the third down back. And then I think Izzy will take the role that Dalvin had of getting four or five carries a game, you know, see what he can do. I don't think he's going to have a huge role. All they need from him is to break one play and and it, the move will pay off. Uh, I would be worried about him passing situations just because rookies usually are not good at pass protection. They're not asked to do that in college a lot. 
So they usually struggle with that as rookies. So I, I wouldn't think they, I, that's why I wouldn't think he'd go to the third down role. I think he'd be more when Brees needs a break running back. Well, let's see a couple screens to him. Let's see a couple screens to Brees and, uh, you know, simple plays, get rock and roll and take some shots down the field. Let me see a play action bomb in the first quarter. Let me see a touchdown in the first quarter. You finally saw field goals. I mean, you were there. You must have been marveling that they scored in the first quarter on their first drive for the, the first, first drive. I first drive, I thought they were going in. And then Zach had the intentional grounding penalty. And that was kind of started off the night of penalties. And that backed them up. And, you know, they can't overcome these penalties. And that's the problem. The the numbers of the penalties aren't bad. It's the when they're making them and it's just their inability to overcome them that's making that's accentuating everything. Yeah, the penalties got to stop because it's gotten out of control. Um, what was your Vegas experience like, by the way? Did you, did you play any blackjack? Did you I didn't. I, so I really just yeah. didn't do anything, Jake. Uh, it's weird out there right now because they have the Formula One race on Saturday, this Saturday. So if you think about it, the race is going to be through the city. You have to build pretty big freaking walls in case there's a crash in the race, right? So it's very hard to walk around. Uh, the strip is like just has these huge walls and you know you can't cross the street you have to use footbridge across the street so i went for a walk saturday night and i was thinking about going to a casino but it was just it was like hard to navigate it was it was you know because it felt very crowded too because everyone was so condensed in the space so the that formula one track has really it really changed the experience i liked seeing the sphere i didn't pay the 170 dollars to go see the show there but i i went and looked at it It was pretty cool uh yeah we'll be back there like the super bowl's there this year so i'll be i'll have eight days in vegas in february so i can gamble then i'm sure there you go i was hoping for a couple double downs at 11 and, and here it's a big epic victory story maybe seeing aaron Rodgers, who a, fa- a fan in a, his jersey saw him and got tapped on the shoulder by aaron himself walking around i don't know if you saw that picture i saw uh, that yeah not in the casino probably though he's no well, nearby he's not maybe allowed, not allowed to go in the casino so yeah true um well yes the sphere is epic uh my my buddy amanda was one of the engineers of the sphere did a terrific job with that um so i can't wait to see the sphere when are you when are you going to vegas oh well, maybe i'll go super bowl week i don't know uh-huh. maybe not the game but go for the week uh of shenanigans there you picked uh, the jets to you picked them to win or just go jake what do we i don't remember uh I think I said go. I don't know if I saw a win. I, I meant go as in being in attendance in the crowd, of course. I didn't mean playing on the field. Well, listen, they win um, They win a, a one or two here and Aaron comes back. Then anything is open. But I don't know. Let me I don't feel this, good let about Let me give you this, Jake. Like I, I wrote this today in the post. I think this Aaron decision is going to be fascinating, right? So I was like, oh, if, you want, if, if he wants to play, the doctors say, okay, we'll play. I'm not, you know, I don't think it's that simple. Here's the scenario I laid out. Let's say they go three and two in their next five. All right. Which is maybe a little generous, but could happen. Three and two. They're seven and seven. Christmas Eve commanders. You figure you got to win the last three. Let's say you got, you're figuring you got to win 10, right? To make the playoffs. So they're seven and seven. And probably there's like three teams in front of them for the playoffs. Are you going with, are you playing Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. If he's, if he's ready. Yes. I think in that spot, when you got commanders, Browns, Patriots, Three winnable games because Zach loses to bad teams. It's not like it's a lock that they'll win those games with Zach, and they don't score with Zach. So who tells me they're going to win beating bad team? Rogers in there. You're that's Christmas present. You're feeling I think like the you're problem, on the Jake is going to be defining what is in the in the mix, right? Like he used the word in the mix on Mac McAfee. Like what's in the mix? Because right now they're they're in thirteenth place in the AFC, but they're one game behind the Texans who are in seventh, right? Their last playoff spot. So this reminds me, Jake. 
of I, you know, I think you go back this far, but the 2004 trading deadline for the Mets and they're six games back of the wild card, but they're four games under 500. Don't really look like a good team if you're being realistic. And they trade Scott Casimir for Victor Zambrano to make Ugh. a run. And so it's like, this reminds me of like the baseball trade deadline of like, are you in it? And even like you could argue this year, there was Mets fans who said they shouldn't have traded Scherzer and Verlander, right? They should have just gone for it because mathematically they weren't dead at that point. So like this, this from like you're you're right. He's forty years old. Like even the doctors say yes, he can play. I don't know. You're. I feel like you're still running a pretty big risk. No, like he he's never like no one's come back from it in three months. Who knows what's going to happen if you know it, it, the the risk of re-injury. Yeah, he'll be forty on December second. So his birthday is uh, coming up. Yeah, I think you know I target my earliest is the Texans game, and if they are five and seven or better. And he's ready. I think he's back. Um, either the Texans or the Miami game. Miami, you it's not, you know, you go down your first game back, you're in potentially great weather in Miami. Grass, um, grass that, field, I think, right? Grass field. Grass that field. that might be the realistic target. But if they're five and eight, then I don't think you do it. So yeah, they gotta find that, a way to win these next couple. I think games. the commanders game is the realistic target. I mm-hmm. think Miami and Houston is aggressive and you know i'm not saying it's not gonna happen but you also he's got to get back here and start practicing like they gotta open the practice window on him that's the first step and he said he thinks he's gonna be back here next week next week's a short week for them with black friday i would think it'd probably be the week after when he you'd see him on the practice field leading into that falcons game he hasn't played football in three months so he's gonna need a little time to get reacclimated to playing football. And well, so it I, seems like Thanksgiving time might be the time. He says he's going to rejoin the team. Maybe that's when he at least gets into practice and starts. Yeah, I heard it was going to be, I heard it's going to be after Thanksgiving, the way a short week works in the NFL, like they're just going to be going crazy. How much, I, I don't know if he's going to be back here next week. I, I got a feeling he's going to be back after Thanksgiving. Yeah. Maybe like the 30th or December. 1st. He'll probably stay. He'll probably come here for black Friday, then stay and practice yeah. the next week. I would think. So. Well, cause my flight gets in like one or two p.m. next Friday to LaGuardia. If the Jets find a way to beat the Bills, which we'll preview and make our pick here in a second for that game, and the Dolphins find a way to lose this week, that game next Friday is a battle for first place Stop. in the AFCs. Dolphins play the Raiders, so but listen, the Raiders are playing a little bit better here. Nah, it is they, a battle. They, the, bubble's, the bubble's about to burst. They're not. They're no longer playing the New York teams. The Dolphins are going to. Yeah, I think the Dolphins will them. tear them apart. Yeah, in yeah. Miami too. But look, that is the situation. So now we laid it out. That involves a Jets win on Sunday, four twenty-five. CBS Jets Bills Romo Nance on the call. The Bills are seven-point favorites, Kaz. Coming to this game, they just fired their offensive coordinator. Um, they lose to the Broncos 24-22 with a very Jetsy and like 12 men on the field penalty after the first field goal misses. Just a disaster. The Broncos messed that up by not just kicking when the clock was stopped. They decide to kind of kneel it and then run on the field. Guys are heavily breathing, and that you know it ends up helping because there's 12 men on the field. They lose. They're scrambled right now. They had four turnovers on Monday, Cause Josh Allen has been a turnover machine. He's got 11 picks. Jordan Whitehead had three versus him in week one in that miraculous Jet win where, unfortunately, Rodgers did get hurt. They get good tight end play from Dalton Kincaid, but this is a team that's free-falling, kind of like the Jets here. It's two teams in dire need of a win. Break the game down, make your pick. Yeah, I think this is a, a game where – the Bills are the better team and desperate. 
versus the Jets desperate. I think this could be a, a get right game for the Bills offense. They might get a little bump from having Joe Brady called out, become the offense coordinator. As as much as I saw promising signs in Vegas from the Jets offense, I need to see them score points to truly believe that they're fixed or that they're going to do anything. Um, so I do think Allen's probably due for a better game against the Jets than he's had in the last few. Uh, so I will go Bills 24, Jets 13. Yeah, I'm, I got to pick the Bills this week. I just think the Jets offense, I'm, I, I know they're saying there's changes, but what confidence am I supposed to have? Oh, you you got rid of your third string running back and you're going to move CJ Zama to the third string tight end. Like those aren't big enough changes to me to think they're going to they're going to win this game. I agree. This is a get right game. I think new offensive coordinator is going to help. I think they're fired up that Bills team. They badly want to win because they're a team really actually still in the shot, uh, still in the running for the division. The Jets are kind of fake in the running for the division. The Bills came into the season as a division favorite. So they're looking at this like, yeah, let's get right. Let's win. Jets lose to the Dolphins next week. Um, you know, we got to start winning our games here. All these teams have a tough schedule the rest of the way. Um, I think the week one game was in, in partially an anomaly. I think there was just a weird game and everyone was fired up. The fireworks, the lights, everything. You know, the Jets had a lot uh, going for them that game. Buffalo's home. It'll be a little chilly. It'll be like in the 30s. Uh, I think they're going to come after Zach. I'm taking the Bills here 20 to 13. The Jets make it interesting. Their defense plays well, but again, they fall short. But let's see these schematic changes here. Let's see, you know, a little more Dalvin Cook. Let's see Brees Hall as a receiver. Let's see a little Izzy. Let's see Jeremy Rucker down the field. Let's see the reverse actually work. Let's see Garrett Wilson try that again, maybe with an arm that's a little bit better. You love, I don't the, you love the reverse, good. Jake. Did you love the reverse? until the It works. I mean, that was a good play. I mean, yeah. he was open. Like, that the rever- I mean, but the reverse early in the game where he was almost called for holding got 11 yards too, I think. yeah, It works every time. Every the time. Jake Brown playbook works every time. Jake, if you don't hold a guy, just stop Jake, holding guys. That's the flag football playbook, Jake. When, you have, yeah. when you're the little kids with flag football and I coached my son, it was run the reverse because there works every time. Like, every time. And Dwayne Brown will be back finally this week, right? He was a full no. participant. No. Still not? Yeah, I, I'm not sure Dwayne Brown will be back this season. Really? What's yeah. going on? Yeah, he's just not getting better, I don't think. So isn't he practicing though? He's practicing, but different than practicing and playing. He has they have until Thanksgiving to activate him. How are you a full participant of practice, but not ready to play? I, that's fascinating to me. Uh, because practice, there's no real contact. Like you're not you're hitting a little bit, but not much. Same Mitchell was great Crosby. against Crosby. I thought Max Mitchell was fantastic against Crosby. So that was uh, a, those a are plus. strong words. I thought he was good. I thought he was good. No I, like, there was a few. Well, it should have been a sack on the intentional grounding, right? Yeah. And um, yeah, but no, he played very well against Max Crosby, very well. And uh, yeah, so I think you'll have the same offensive line for the first time con- consecutive weeks since the Broncos game. So maybe that helps. Maybe you know some cohesion on that old line, and yeah, you know, yeah, because I mean, the Bills have a Bills have a good defensive line. There, they they got some issues behind the defensive line. You know, no Matt Milano, I think, is huge for them. And we want to talk about changes like the Zach run for nearly the touchdown. I wish his foot wasn't out because who would have thought they'd be holding and they went end up scoring like design run. Me and you have asked for it. Like add that to the playbook this week. We yeah, saw I'm Zach use his legs in the impromptu fashion. Let's see a promptu run. How about that? Yeah, I'm with you. I would do a little zone read something with Zach. I think he can do it. They've done it before 
Yeah, his rookie year, like on, I remember a two point conversion. They did it uh, now down near the goal line, but yeah, I think you could do that with Zach. I might have just made up the word prompt to. I don't I think know. you that's, did. I think you did. That's the Jake Brown uh, School of Dictionary. Uh, that's some shirt you have on today. Yeah, it is a thrift shop. Fine, you know I love Buffalo Exchange, a thrift shop, and uh, I don't know if it was like a, a Chinese symbol or something. I don't know what it was, but it was yeah. Why is that Chinese? Funky. Is it Native American? What, what's going on? I, can't I don't know, it. but I look ready for Vegas, and this is like a Vegas like blackjack kind of shirt. Get it right, Jets. Bring back Rodgers, and uh, we'll talk about all that coming up next here with former Jet Leger Doosable right here on Gangs All Here. Are we going to sit here and, and throw in the towel and act like it's the end of the world? Or, you know, we're going to come together as a team and stop making excuses and or whatever the hell's going on from, you know, game to game, uh, play to play and uh, and get it fixed. Gangs all here podcast, Jake Brown, Brian Costello joined now for the first time this season, but friend of the program. You knew this guy was going to be a star when he took the time to do the show while getting his tires fixed at his local tire shop. He was literally behind like, uh, a bunch of 20 inch rims doing the gangs all here podcast. But now he's glown up to the point where there's an Emmy award behind him. It's Emmy award winning analyst, CBS sports HQ ESPN college football analyst will be on the call this weekend uh, for you. The UAB game, Sirius XM host and a former jets linebacker from 2013 to 2015. Leger doozable Leger. How does that sound? Emmy award winner. Uh, having that trophy, you can do it like one of these with the trophy. Like it must feel good. Uh, yeah, that's a blessing. Uh, I did, I did play some linebacker, but mostly D line. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say, Jake, I was like, do they listen to the linebacker in the three four? Maybe like I don't think so. <laughs> At some point, you, know, you, did. you know, with Rex, man, we always lined up all over the yeah, place. Like, also yeah. with uh, good Lord Bowles. I don't know why I had a brain yeah. fart for a second. Um, so I did play some outside linebacker. Yeah, he's a D lineman. D lineman, yeah. You do it all. Listen, you're, I was trying to give you some versatility there, putting you in a position that you're not as comfortable with. Well, you were on a Jets defense that watched a Jets offense score points back in 2015 with Fitzmagic. Uh, not the same this year. 11 straight quarters, Leger, without a touchdown. You as a defensive player, you know, on the other side, got to be frustrating to watch. You know, what have you seen from this offense or I guess what have you not seen from this offense? Because it's been a, a tough watch these last three weeks and really all year. It's been brutal. Uh, I would say it's been a combination of execution and sometimes lack of mental focus uh, when you talk about this offense. I think Zach said it perfectly in this press conference after the game. It's like every time there's a good play that happens, it gets called back. Right. And. Cause you've covered this game for a long time. You know, you can't build any continuity if you keep shooting yourself in the foot, right? Self-inflicting wounds. Um, it hurts your offense because on offense, you need plays, man, to really get in a rhythm. And the Jets have not had plays, right? So that's, that's the biggest issue. And you heard Robert Sala after the game uh, and speak on Monday saying that there, you know, could potentially be some, you know, um, personnel changes. And we saw Michael Carter ends up getting released. I think Izzy Abanaconda, hopefully he can, you know, ignite some of this offense with his speed. We saw him look really good in the preseason. I thought he always, always was a perfect fit for this zone scheme offense with Nathaniel Hackett. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they use his skill set. I think he's a guy, I know Gibson's a heck of a returner, but I would put Izzy Abanacano kick return. I think he's he's perfect for that role as far as just getting downhill, using that speed. And people forget, Kyle, this is a bigger back. Even though he ran like 
four four. This is a bigger back. Like guys usually just you know fly off of him because of the speed and his size. So I think the kick return role will be good. I think he should get one or two screens a game, and also give him a you know two or three carries in, in that stretch or zone scheme. And this guy can literally hit his head on the goalpost if you block it up right. So I think Jeremy Rucker is another guy. I think Robert Sala mentioned. I, I, I saw this trend happening. Right, we saw a week in and week out Jeremy Rucker make plays now. I believe it was two weeks ago, he had a bad false start penalty in the red zone that cost the Jets potentially some points there. But other than that, man, this dude, as far as catching the ball, blocking, uh, you can you can see him ascending as a young player. So um, when it comes down to the offense, it's just execution, man. I know people will come at Nathaniel Hackett, but it's like you're in the red zone, right? And, and you get two penalties near the goal line. And one play, Zach Wilson actually steps out of bounds on a great run by him. And then CJ Uzama gets a hold. And then you really put yourself behind the eight ball, behind the chains. Like for you to score points, you have to execute. Like you can't get in the red zone. I think we need to be a little bit more aggressive in the red zone. That's Zach included. seems like the 20, between the twenties, he lets it go. But like in that red zone, I think he's so terrified of turning the football over. He's got to have that same mindset he had in the Kansas city game. where like, I don't care. I'm just letting it go. Right. Let the chips fall where they make us. People are going to say what they say anyway. So go out there and just cut it loose, man. I mean, literally, a lot of people don't believe you can win this Bills game. The Jets have always given the Bills issues. Go out there and cut it loose. Go play just like you did in the Kansas City game. Lujay, were you ever on a team where the defense was really, really good and the offense was really, really bad? Jake mentioned 2015, which was a very – balanced team. I can't remember because I, I think you came I maybe the 13 year. <laughs> 13 year there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. It does resentment build at all where like you're like because I, I just I kind of walk in every after every game going, is this the week where someone pops off? Because before I think 2012 was the year before you got the Jets. They popped off. Uh, the defense finally went off on Sanchez after a game in Tennessee where Cromartie was yelling and Calvin Pace was yelling and it, it, it was a tense locker room, and I'm kind of like, how long can this hold before this defense is like, dude, we're giving up freaking 16 points, and we can't win the game. Um, like, just from your player perspective, did you ever kind of feel that? Yeah, I think frustration more than anything sets in because if you've been in this game for a while, right, you kind of know it's not just about the players. It's, it's the sum of everything, right? It's It comes down from play calling, execution. So – you yelling at a certain person on offense, it may not just be their fault, right? It's sometimes it's not just now in certain situations. Yes, it could be the quarterback's fault. Yes. If a guy continues to mess up. And I think that's why Salah said there will be some personnel changes because I think you have to send that message. No matter what a guy is making on the team, there's no way you can continue to go out there and mess up and cost the team wins and continue to play. I don't give a damn what you're making. Like that, that, you know, that should not be the be all end all because you're making a certain amount of money. Uh, we saw it in Tennessee, right? Andre Dillard, they paid him in the offseason. He wasn't playing good. They benched him. Like you have to do that in, in certain scenarios. It'll be interesting to see how the group comes out on offense this week because Salah said there will be more changes besides Michael Carter. So I'm interested to see what those changes will be personnel wise. So I think more than anything, cause is, is frustration sets in. I can't remember a time in that 13 year where I was just ready to snap on the offense because I knew it was bigger, bigger than just Gino or certain players on the offense, because, you know, certain situations, like sometimes you didn't have the tools on offense, right? And, you know, Rex was always beating the table. Like we need a number one receiver. And 
You can blame the quarterback all you want. If they don't have a true guy that they can depend on, and, and Zach has that in Garrett Wilson, for sure. It's not the same scenario at no, all. No, no, no. And Zach's a third-year quarterback. Gino yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and Gino was young as well, too. He was a rookie. So I think that year, like, on defense, we kind of knew we had to hold guys to, like, 14 or 15 if we wanted to win games. Yeah, you mentioned Sala. You mentioned Wilson. I mean – I don't know if he's looking for a role in La La Land too, as Ryan Gosling uh, with this Zach is playing pretty good. I mean, legit, come on. I mean, I, I know it's hard to make a QB change when your backups are Boyle and Simeon, but it shouldn't have been considered at this point. Like, I thought this might have been the consider? week to do it. All right, let, let's let's have a, let's have a heart to heart. If you thought that the reason why the Jets lost to the Raiders was Zach Wilson's fault, you didn't watch film. I'm, I'm not saying that one game. I'm just saying over okay, the course if, of this season, you think he if played pretty well league. Sunday, Jake. He yeah, played, literally. He did. That's what I'm he did. That was his, if, Sunday was his second best game to me after the That's season. what I'm saying. If you think the reason why they lost Sunday was Zach Wilson, you didn't watch the film. It was not Zach Wilson at all. And even if you go to the Chargers game, yes, he took a couple sacks. But if you go look at the film, a lot of times guys were not open, right? And that wasn't a good defense. And there was lack of execution. There was drop passes. I believe there was like four or five drop passes. And even Garrett Wilson had some drop passes on – on back-to-back Sundays. So, like, if you look at the whole, like, I know Robert Solid, right? He's not going to throw anybody under the bus. But if, you look, if you've looked at Trevor Simeon and, and Nick Boyle's careers, like, do you think them coming in would make a difference right now? It comes down to the execution on offense. Like, the plays are there to be made. Guys are dropping passes. Guys are getting unexcusable t- uh, penalties in the worst possible time. Like, that's – I mean, and they had a player's meme, but that's what should have been the first thing talked about, accountability, right? Accountability in that locker room. When you go out there, you're supposed to do your job. I mean, perfect example, on that end-around play, C.J. Uzama has a hold on a D-tackle. That defensive tackle is not, is not even going to come close to making that play. There was no reason to hold him. The one on the goal line with Max Crosby, maybe 50-50, but, like – I trust Brees Hall running downhill. That would have been maybe an a arm tackle from Max Crosby. There was no reason to tackle that dude like that. So that's not on Zach Wills. That's on execution. And again, having penalties at the worst possible time. So when I look at it, and, and I'm not one of those Zach Wilson truthers. Yes, he needs to play better. But I thought he played really well Sunday. And I would say besides that Patriots game, I would say I don't think Zach has been the reason why they've lost these games. Eight fumbles in five games. The pick last week. He, he had okay, if you're getting sacked from behind unabated, like what what are you supposed to do? Like, you know, defensive linemen, we're, we're taught to do that in games, right? Now, again, you would like for your quarterback to hold on the ball, but if he's getting blind, like the one with Beckton on Sunday, that was blindside. I didn't see that dude coming. Like, and, and Beckton got beat quick. I know that's a play Beckton would love to have back because besides that play, he played really well in that game. Actually, the O-line actually played really well Sunday besides that one Beckton play. I would say that, that might have been one of the best offensive line games they've had this season. And if you're Zach Wilson, that's the blind side. Like, you don't see that. We're taught to tomahawk the ball. Like, that's not on Zach Wilson. Yeah, and one of those fumbles was a bad snap. One of those yeah, fumbles exactly. was a bad pitch to Brees. Where like it's, but no, fumbles, no, on that guys, if you look at Brees's eyes, he yeah, didn't look the ball in. He looked the ball in, right? But that, yeah, I think that so fumble that's exactly that 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 credited <laughs> to Zach. Yeah, I, I don't think the fumbles are a huge issue. I, I'm, I after the Chargers game, I was more down on Zach than this week. I thought he came back and played pretty well. Like you know, Jake, I said if he didn't play well the first half of the Raiders game, I would have thought about putting someone in the second half just to spark something. But I don't think they, they didn't need to do it. He was playing well. And then when I watched the film, I was like, wow, he this is probably the best I've seen him play other than Kansas City. Kansas City, for sure. You know, yeah. And even, you know, Hackett took a lot of grief. And but, watching but the that, that was my Hackett, thing, Cost. 
when he played so well in the beginning, I think they started being too conservative. I mean, like Zach's a streaky player, just like the Kansas City game. When he's got it going, you got to let him go. Like they started getting way too conservative in that game. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder if how how like how scripted Hackett is because there, there's yeah. some of the stuff I watch and I'm like, he doesn't respond to what's going on in the field because like like this the one that drove me crazy in this game, Dalvin Cook. All of a sudden, I saw Dalvin Cook. I saw the guy that was in Minnesota. He should have played you know, way more. <laughs> I, I'm not. A, I was not supportive of signing Dalvin Cook. I, I didn't think it was a good move. Me either. But he gets nine <laughs> yards. He gets ten yards. He gets nine yards. He gets stopped for a no gain, and then they don't go back to him the rest they don't of the play game. Him the rest of the game. It's crazy. In the second quarter, and I'm like, well, what are you doing? Like, ride the hot hand. Like, Brees is great, but if this guy all of a sudden this guy looks pissed off and he's running like that. Give him the freaking ball. You got to give him the ball. See, and this is the thing. This is what I try to tell everybody. Like, when it comes to play calling, there's an ebbs and flow to the game. And it's a real art to call games, right? Yeah. It's a feeling. You have to feel how the game is playing. You'll know pretty quick in the first 15, 20 plays, all right, this is the type of game it's going to be. It's going to be a muddy, beat him up, three yards in a cloud of smoke game. Yeah. Or, oh, we can attack them down the field. Like, you know pretty soon. Yeah. And then you just adjust off of that. It's a feel for the game. And I just felt like Sunday or – yeah, Sunday night, we didn't have a feel for the game on offense because, like I said, Zach was attacking them down the field right away. That yeah. would have, and it opened up the game too because you could tell the Raiders' game plan was we're going to, we're going to stack the box when Brees is in there. But when Cook is in there, we feel like we can stop the run with just, you know, six or seven in the box. And Cook was, was blitzing them. Like he was, like you said, cost nine yards, eight yards, 10 yards. And I'm like, dude, get him in. They're like he's running with purpose. You could tell he was getting, he was getting up, fired up. You got to ride that hot hand, right? And then that's when they should have started putting Brees more on third down. But see, yeah. there's an ebbs and flow that you have to understand of the game. Lujan, I have a question about penalties for you, right? So yeah. penalties, you hear from, oh, they're on discipline. They're on discipline. They're on discipline. On the coaches, coaches hate that so much, right? Every coach I've covered hates it when you write, like, on discipline, reflect on the coach. <laughs> yeah. how, much, how much do you think – Penalty problems are on coaches versus players just got to, you know, play better. Well, I mean, you got to take this in totality, cause If you go back, try to think, was it the the Eagles game? Not, not the – oh, the Giants game. Like, that was undisciplined by the Giants. Right, right, the personal fouls. Yeah, so that's – but when you're talking about last week versus the Raiders, that's holding. Those are movement penalties. Pre-snap, yeah. that's a lack of focus. Right. I don't that's on that's on a player's mental toughness. That's not on a coach. You can't put that on the coach. Now, like if a guy continues to get personal fouls, that's on the coach for allowing that to happen for keeping them out there. But that hasn't been the case. That literally was one drive for the Jets defense, and yeah. it didn't happen for the rest of the game. Right. So I, to me, that's not a sign of you know teams being undisciplined because it literally happened in one drive. It was just a costly drive because they end up scoring on that drive. But yeah. besides that, that has not been an issue for the Jets. Like the late hits that we normally see from the Jets, that really hasn't happened now. Again, they call a game so so yeah. iffy these days. JFM had a question for one in Dallas on the goal. Yeah, which was not, that was not that was not the passer. It was disgusting that that was a call. And it led to a touchdown, which yes. really changed the trajectory of the game. Because let's not forget, I believe the Jets had scored with Garrett Wilson to play before that. And before that personal foul, they got off the field. Yeah, they got off the field and they got another penalty. So that was yeah. that was a suspect um, call. Yeah, and I think, too, the way Robert Sala preaches defense, right? He says fast, violent. Correct. Sometimes those penalties are going to happen. It's the cost yeah. of doing business where a guy's going to hit a guy a second after the whistle or lower his head and it's going to happen. But, yeah, I think the penalty thing 
it's funny because I, I did a deep dive this week in my post plus newsletter on the penalties. And I went back and looked at all of them, the, the numbers compared and like the numbers aren't that bad. They're kind of in the middle of the league penalty wise, right. but it's just, they commit them at the worst times That's what and they're not good about. enough to overcome them. Correct. So every, it just feels like they get so accentuated because second and 15 feels like a death sentence in this. Office where so it, you know, I just, I just saw a crazy stat. I was doing some research for, you know, going into the studio for CBS today. And I was looking at a stat, the jets on third down three or fewer are only converting 25%. Yeah. Do you know what the number is when it's four to six? <laughs> no. They're, they're converting 44% of the time, which is actually really good third down offense, Yeah, which makes you think like, all right, maybe we need to stay in third and five instead of third <laughs> and three because their short yardage offense has been bad this year. And when it's seven plus, I believe cause it goes down to like 14%. So it's like almost impossible. Yeah. But that four to six range, I would love to look that up and see where that ranks among the league. Like I, I think yeah. that would be at least middle of the pack, maybe even better. Um, so I thought that was astronomical. I'm like, Dang, they convert. And you got to think about a lot of times Garrett Wilson on a couple of those slants converts yep. on third or, and like or five Conklin, or six. Conklin. Or Conklin down the yep. middle or spot yeah. routes. So yeah. I'm like, that's where they need to live. That third and three offense is just – and most teams love to live in that, right? Because the playbook is wide open. You can run it. Yeah. You can throw it. For some reason, the Jets just do not <laughs> execute on third and short. Give me third and five all day. We can execute well on third and short. It's, it's been tough for them to execute. All right, first down, run three yards. Second down, run three yards. Third down, screen a breeze hall. There you go, boom. First there down. There it is. They yeah, gotta get him down. outside <laughs> almost every play. Like he is explosive outside with the struggles the run game is having. Screens make Brees Hall put him in the slot. Like they gotta well, make Brees Hall. I think, a I think you'll see a little bit more of that this week, right? With Michael Carter not being in on third down because he was like the exclusive third down back. Like I was surprised they weren't putting Brees in there more. On third down, so um, yeah, sorry, I saw, thought somebody was in front of my. I house. think I think it's, I think it's going to be Dalvin on third down. Um, yeah, no, I think it's going to be Breeze. I think because of Dal- how Dalvin ran last week, I would not be surprised to see Dalvin take a little bit more on first and second down. Yeah, I think the rookie they'll be afraid to have in on. No, they're not going to put him in on because he can't block. He can't protection. Block. Yeah. They don't, I don't know yeah. if they trust yeah. him in the protections yet. So I think Dalvin will be throwing. I I I think they have some reservations about Brees as a route runner. Uh, I've heard that. Really? Yeah. I wouldn't think that. <laughs> I mean, he literally no. took a check down 50 yards the other yeah, day. Yeah, but a check down. I just think, like, the idea of, like, saying put him in the slot. So I don't think he's well, – No, no, I get, think get, you yeah. keep him in the backfield and run yeah. him on angle routes. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah, and I think uh, I, I think he could have more of a third down role, but I think Dalvin's going to get a big chunk of what uh, what Carter was getting. It would be interesting still, to see. I still lose sleep on the uh, interception. Brees was wide open right there. If he just – Zach just did a little flip. That's either a first or a touchdown. I mean, and uh, it's a different. Also, the receivers got to work back to the ball there. I'm not saying that that was Lazard's yeah. fault, but if he just works back to the ball, because it was a fingertip interception, he didn't go like, after it. You're just, right. He kind of just stood yeah, back and was he waiting for it, it to up. Come but him. you got to work yeah. back to the ball. He plays. He plays small for such a big guy, Lazard. Mm-hmm. Those are you your know, words, like he's, not mine. He's a big dude. <laughs> He's a big dude, but he doesn't really play like he was supposed. And he was supposed to be the big red zone threat. Like that's why, yeah. essentially, why they brought him in. And bes- like I said, besides that Kansas City game, and, and again, I know he's been banged up, but this is the NFL. But if you're out there, you're healthy, right? If you're yeah. not, then you need to sit down because you're hindering the team right now. Yeah, he's not playing like a forty-four million dollar uh, guy. That man, got that's the, big the thing, contract. man. Sometimes I don't care what you're making. If you if you continue to hurt the team, like they gotta they gotta start taking reps away from you. 
we haven't addressed the elephant in the room, the bong in the room, whatever it is, Aaron Rodgers, whatever it was on the field that uh, spilled over bottle of tequila. I don't know what it was. Uh, <laughs> funny. That was great. When does he come back? Cause we're every inter- every interview with Pat McAfee. Oh, this week. Oh, okay. They, by Thanksgiving, I'm going to be full time with the team. If they lose to me the next two games, I don't think you should put them near the football field. What do you think? Do, do you bring them back if you're four and seven? Five and eight. What do you do with Aaron Rodgers? I mean, Aaron Rodgers has, has pulled the rabbit out the hat for Green Bay before and won like four or five straight to get to the playoffs. But I, I mean, I think it's a tall task to say he's going to be back by Black Friday. I mean, I, I, I don't know if you noticed this, Cons. He didn't throw last week, right? To yeah. me, is that was that a built-in rest day, or was there maybe a slap, uh, setback, or he needs needs some extra rest? Because I mean, what he was doing was unheard of as far as being like two months away from Achilles and uh, surgery and out there throwing and taking some drop steps. You usually don't see that that soon, right? Dudes usually still on them little scooters two months out of uh, yeah. Achilles injury. So I, I thought it was something to be said that he didn't throw last week um, because he's been throwing every single week. Um, so again, I don't know if that's a built-in rest day. Uh, I don't know what he did throughout the week. I think it might have been the Vegas hangover, honestly. I mean, the Sunday, <laughs> Sunday in Vegas, long night with Devontae. I think that might have been related. Uh, I mean, Devontae probably had to be at the team hotel, so he went out all night. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I thought it was interesting. So, I mean, we'll see. Like you said, Jake, they have to be in contention for him to even consider coming back. Uh, I think this is going to be an interesting game this week just because we know the changes the Bills have had. We know this Jets defense gives Josh Allen nightmares. And if he turns the football over, uh, I believe, twice, his record is like 9-15 and 15, uh, in regards to winning games. So this, this is going to be an interesting game, right, just because the morale – I would say it's probably lower for the Bills than it is the Jets, which is weird to say, just because there was so there was expectations that even though you know the East was getting better with Rodgers and Tua and Miami, that this was still the Bills, you know, division, and it just has not been like that this year. And you know, usually them being in Buffalo is always like a home field advantage, but it hasn't really been like that this year. Uh, you know, teams have come down to the wire. The, the Bucks game came down to the wire. Denver actually won there just last week, so. This is a scenario where the Jets usually always hold Josh Allen to like right at 200 yards passing in this game. So it's going to come down to the offense making plays. And this defense has uh, – the Bills defense has been really hurt with injuries on that side of the football. But they're still playing pretty good football on that side. So the offense is going to – you know, they had the players only mean. We'll, we'll see if that gives, the you know, the offense a spark this week. So are you taking the Jets? I'm taking them to cover. It's seven points. I think it's going to be way closer. I think the under is going to hit on this cost, too. I would not be surprised if this is like a 17 to 13 game. All right. We'll see uh, how it plays. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be a low-scoring game. We'll see how it plays out. Leger Doosable, follow on Twitter. At Leger Doosable, former Jets defensive end, that is. CBS Sports HQ analyst, ESPN College Football, Series XM. Uh, Leger, let's hope the Jets turn this around. I'm at least make December interesting because last December was – Pretty rough. Uh, Thanks for coming on the show. Of course, man. Thanks for having me. Emotions are very low. You know, it's I know it's I know it's a business and things like that. But I hang I I be around these people every day, so I look at them like family. So when a situation like that happens, I'm always down in the dumps. Alrighty, great stuff there from Leger Doosable. I think me and him were ready to throw hands at one point. Zach Wilson's not why they lost. 
but the mistakes, the inability to score, you're just throwing out the same product every week. In my mind, switch it up. Let's just see. Listen, Boyle could be terrible for a game, and you don't score again. And then you go back to Zach. Fine. But I just want to see something different. And I'm rooting for Zach to do well. I want this team to make the playoffs. I still think they win a few here coming up. Aaron comes back. They make it. I think if Zach is the quarterback the rest of the season, there is almost no shot they make the playoffs. But I think the hope of the next few, you could scratch a win or two out and Aaron comes back. Then that's an exciting thought. And it might be one that teases us, reels us in for no reason. But we got to keep this interesting here. It's not even Thanksgiving. They got to keep this interesting. This can't be a season that is over by Thanksgiving. So shock us all. Beat the Bills. And then that Black Friday game is very, very intriguing. Like I said, I fly in that afternoon, so I'm probably going to not be able to make it. But I'm going to get home just in time to watch. And we'll have a show after that. We'll have a show drop Monday morning after this Buffalo game. We'll record late Sunday night. As that says, adios to episode 163 of Gangs All Here, a Jets podcast with the New York Post. Thanks to Andrew Hartsfield for producing the show, as well as the intern Mason Radicchio. Catch up on all episodes you may have missed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon, wherever you get podcasts. Just search for Gangs All Here, and you can watch us right now if you subscribe to that New York Post Sports YouTube page. It's free. Why not? Subscribe. Find that Gangs All Here playlist. Follow it, and you can watch full episodes and clips there. Give us a thumbs up below. Comment below. What are your predictions for Jets Bills on Sunday? Finally, a day game. It's always at night. I like the four o'clock is nice. Um, so looking forward to that. Follow me on Twitter. I'm Jake Brown Radio. Follow Brian Costello at Brian Kosh. Just win. Just keep this thing. If you're four and six, this thing could get ugly. Because I don't know. Miami coming here, that could end up being a blow. This is a game you can win because you've beaten them before. You know what it takes to beat the Bills. And the Bills are real in here. So we'll see what their new offense coordinator. This is a game you can possibly pull off in Buffalo. For Brian Costello, I'm Jake Brown. Thanks for listening to Gangs All Here. Enjoy Jets Bills. We'll talk to you first thing Monday morning. Peace. You're lazy!